0: This is Living While Dying, NALS story from Minnesota Public Radio News. Let's face it, no one wants to hear bad news, especially if it comes from your doctor. The diagnosis of a terminal illness is life-changing, and in the movies makes for high drama, like this scene from an old film with Jimmy Stewart and John Wayne.
1: Well, every few days I have to tell a man or a woman something I don't want to. I, I've been practicing medicine for 29 years, and I still don't know how to do it well. Why don't you just say it flat out? All right. You have a cancer. Advanced.
0: After getting hit with that blow, John Wayne looked stoic, kind of stone-faced. But that's in the movies. In real life, a medical verdict like that, delivered in such a blunt way, would send waves of shock through anyone, shaking them to their core. In December of 2010, when Bruce Kramer received the diagnosis of a progressive and ultimately fatal neurodegenerative disease called ALS, he and his wife were obviously devastated, but the shock waves kept reverberating. The manner in which the bad news was delivered haunted Bruce for months, actually years after.
1: I've written about it a number of times in my blog, just how violent and harmful the experience was. But it really wasn't until this past December when I marked the third anniversary of my diagnosis that I kind of got my head around why it continued to haunt me.
0: Kramer says he's thought about that day many, many times since. How the neurologist was terse, businesslike, never really looking at Bruce or his wife, Eve, who was relegated to a chair in the corner of the room, while Kramer sat across a large desk from the doctor. The news was delivered fast and without feeling.
1: The total disregard for the so very human uh, experience, that moment when you tell someone that their lives are going to change forever is a holy moment. I think it's a moment where vulnerability is meant to be shared. And I, I recognize that, A lot of our physicians are not trained to be vulnerable. Uh, They're trained to be objective and, and to see their patients as objects to be dealt with. I'm not sure if that kind of objectivity is really appropriate. And so for three years, I've noodled on that.
0: And then he made a decision he decided to go back to the doctor who made the original ALS diagnosis.
1: I didn't really have high expectations of the meeting. Does it make any difference? I have no idea. But for me, it makes a difference. For me, it is the opportunity to close a circle. I can rationalize this. All I want, uh, it's the emotion. And, And the emotion is that I allowed something to take place that I knew was wrong. I knew it was wrong from the minute I got there. And I allowed it to take place in a way that hurt the person that I love more than life itself. And that part is a regret, deep regret. And it's something that, from the point of view of my own peace of mind, that I felt... I, I had to try to to go back and, and at least say and at least share as truthfully as I could. Whether you agree or disagree, whether your experience of it was different from mine or not, this is how it felt. This is what it was like. And this is what it did. What
0: was his reaction?
1: I'll just say this. If you... If someone like me came into your office and you haven't seen them for three years and laid this out pretty carefully, I would think that it would take you by surprise.
0: So he might be a little defensive. A little, Mm
1: -hmm. a little. And I think rightfully so. But in the end, I think we, we parted cordially. He asked me to take his apology to my wife. Given your experience, Bruce, those
0: three years ago with that, the way the diagnosis was given to you, what does it say about how we train our doctors to give life-changing
1: news? I, I think we're in a real transition right now. I do think that this particular part of training is changing because of the concern that I have seen from so many Young doctors.
0: University of Minnesota medical student Alyssa Larish is working through a simulated medical case. So it's as if you are in this student's shoes and you're going through the patient's chart. The simulations allow students to not only test their skills at diagnosing a virtual patient, but to also practice delivering bad news. Students also get real-life experience by watching doctors talk to their patients about a life-changing diagnosis. Dr. James Nixon is the vice chair for education at the University of Minnesota Medical School.
2: I think over the years we've appreciated that this, this is actually a skill set delivering bad news. And there is a best practice. There's a way to do it and there's a way not to do it. And, uh, and we want to make sure we have a chance to have our students understand what is the right way to do it. You know, reading about it's one thing, but seeing it and feeling the emotion of it happening is, is different.
0: Why is it then that some doctors seem to have a very hard time delivering bad news, and they don't do it in a very compassionate way.
2: I think sometimes it's our own anxiety around the subject. It's the fact that it's really hard to deliver bad news. And, uh, you know, there's the patient side, but then it, it takes a toll on the physician as well. And it's hard. And I think, you know, some physicians may just kind of almost as a defense mechanism be overly insensitive in how they're delivering it.
0: Maybe overly clinical because that's what one is
2: used to, perhaps. Yeah. yeah, stepping back almost into a bubble of clinicalness rather than feeling and emotion.
0: This sounds like more of a skill that's modeled rather than part of a formal curriculum.
2: Actually, this is something we do test our residents on. So all of our residents, as they begin their internal medicine residency, they go through a workshop with a live simulated patient where they're given the task of delivering this bad news. And we videotape that, watch those encounters, and see how they did with it.
0: Med student Alyssa Larish. I've gotten to see several of these discussions before, and I've learned tips for how you need to walk into a room and take the temperature and assess where everyone's understanding is. And it turned out that knowledge was used sooner than she expected when a patient asked the young student to be the one to deliver the difficult diagnosis. To be honest with you, I, I cried afterwards. Um, I sat in the call room and took a minute to try to compose myself. I cared quite a bit about the patient. I knew it was going to be a difficult challenge for them over the next several months. Given the emotional pain Bruce Kramer felt after getting hit with a callously delivered diagnosis, he feels the need to continue to educate about the sensitivity and humanness needed when delivering life-changing news to patients.
1: What doctors say is, is like the Ten Commandments. It's from God on high. And I know that they are struggling with the same kinds of decisions that I would be struggling with. And so I think really that for a doctor to see the person that they are trying to help as an equal partner in this, you know, even the people that say, just tell me what I've got, just tell me what to do. They're not really saying that. They they want the bottom line because the bottom line at least it gives them a sense of surety. But there is no surety. And I also think it gets us out of the falseness of being diagnosed with a mortal disease and rather allows us to see that you have been given a life sentence, not a death sentence, for how are you going to choose to live the rest of your life with the help of some very talented people.
0: I remember being so surprised when Bruce told me he was going back to talk with the neurologist who originally diagnosed him with ALS. That was early spring of 2014. Bruce wrote about it, of course, in his blog, The Disease Diary. Bruce wrote, I hope that by meeting with him, he will hear my voice the next time and the next that holy experience of diagnosis is presented. And I know that by meeting with him, I am better now. The circle for me has been closed. I wonder if indeed that physician does remember Bruce each time he has to break what will be life-changing news to his patients. I truly hope he does. On the next Living While Dying, an ALS story, how a caregiver cares for herself.